Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. The breakfast brief on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. It's the breakfast huddle with Adrian Abraham and Ryan Huang. Time now to discuss the top market moving headlines that investors will be paying attention to and its potential implications. Time now for the breakfast brief. Yeah, Adrian, are you a user of Snapchat? Have you used it before? Well, a very, very long time ago. Okay, so you are part of the problem. Why Snap is (laughs) plunging that much? Because you are not using Snap and many others are also not using Snap. And that is leading to a drop in its business business and its outlook and its potential advertising revenue. So this is why Snap over the weekend came out with a letter to employees to warn warn them that tougher times are ahead and it's bracing for a slower quarter, also Mm. bracing for slower hiring. And that was apparently enough to trigger jitters across the entire tech sector, just making people take a bit of a wake-up call to reassess whether all these valuations around tech companies are justified. And it seems like many people are selling first and asking questions. So tech stocks pretty much across the board are down. So that includes Snap, which is down over 40%. If you look at things like uh, Pinterest, down over 23%. Facebook, not bad as well, lower by over 7%. You've got Alphabet or Google parent Alphabet down 5% and Twitter also down 5.6%. So this is quite interesting because um, when you think about Snap, it's actually not that large when you compare it to the likes of Facebook mm. or maybe even Twitter. But you know, but, it was it was the thing. I remember before mm. Instagram stories came about, Snapchat was the one that had the stories and then it was. eventually it faded out. I know people who still use it, you know, in, in certain countries, but it, it is it is dying. Yeah, it was well for a while now. <laughs> a pioneer in that sense, even yes. so much that Facebook wanted to buy Snap at some stage. But mm. of course, uh, that the deal didn't play out. And then Facebook pretty much copied everything that they had. And there you have uh, Snap just struggling right, right now in terms of its business. And you have this weighing on markets right now, that sell-off um, just bringing down the Nasdaq composite lower by over 2%, also dragging the S&P 500 down slightly. And on top of that, you've got the retail sales data, or at least the outlook coming through from the likes of Abercrombie and Fitch, also weighing on markets as they complain about freight and product costs mm. eating into margins. So that is all a bit of a lot of um, headwinds for markets to digest. So that's what's playing out. And we talked about how you know, we had a bounce on Monday, whether that would be short-lived or not. And it looks like it is not going to last as long as we <laughs> thought, for now at least. What about in uh, China? You know, moving our attention there. What's what's the latest outlook? Um, you know, in China. Okay, so we might be in for an interesting day for Chinese uh, for Chinese markets. Uh, maybe more positive because we had some news coming out from China that regulators are pushing banks to boost their lending to spot growth. Okay. And this saw the PBOC and regulators meeting 24 financial institutions to discuss credit conditions. And they are urging these banks to just have faster loan approval processes and also deliver those loans faster to have steady growth in the property sector for property lending. And this is along the lines of how they are guiding banks to go 
all out to increase lending. So it's quite a big, big push behind the scenes and also to focus on key areas like small businesses, green projects, technology innovation, energy supply and infrastructure. And all this comes off the back of a bit of a slump in loan growth data in the month of April, uh, which actually slumped to its worst level in almost five years as we saw the the lockdowns play out in some cities and consumer just holding back on spending and borrowing uh, that playing out in many parts of the economy because the property sector uh, has many knock-on impacts on adjacent services so it's a huge contributor to china's economy and they are just starting to make further moves to beef up support for that sector yeah, still an incredibly tough lockdown over um, in China. Uh, let's move our attention to food. And we're talking about sugar uh, in India, Ryan. Yeah, from chicken in Malaysia, uh, we are now moving to sugar. So Malaysia, of course, will be banning exports of chicken come 1st of June. Oh, and now no. No, no, India, no. <laughs> another country talking about limiting sugar exports because it wants to safeguard its own supplies. And we have seen this play out in many countries and the cost of living going up because materials, ingredients and commodities prices are going up. And India trying to do its part to uh, make sure prices for Indians won't have to go up too much. And they are trying to do it by limiting the exports, the supplies going out of India. And this is just not too long ago from when they banned wheat sales. So you've got this trend of exporters, suppliers, just trying to restrict um, what they are pushing out from their countries. It's almost like a form of, I guess, protectionism, where they want to safeguard their own interests before they are ready to export any excesses. And here you have sugar now on the list on top of wheat. And of course, we heard from chicken, uh, about chicken uh, recently from Malaysia. And also India trying to alleviate prices for soil, uh, soy and sunflower oils by suspending import levies. So this is also seeing them try to eliminate tariffs on some fronts to just bring down the fast rising cost of uh, food. But Ryan, here's here's a question for you. I mean, I, I know the pandemic has sort of eased up a little bit, but you know, it's clearly not over just yet. Why are countries still going through this and suspending a production of, let's say, a chicken and sugar and wheat to, to other countries where they clearly rely on, on some of these exports? Yeah, that is a interesting dynamic to, dynamic to watch out for, right? Because it will at some stage impact the economy but I think it's going to be a case of priorities right Mm. what is the more urgent pressing need and I think for many of them they recognize or at least think inflation is going to be the uh, factor they need to take care of first um, to make sure there is enough food security and also prices are stable things don't shoot up because when they go up too fast by too much, it can have knock-on impacts on businesses who have to pay for more and then they have to you know, take it from somewhere. It could be your wages, it could be from other parts, it could be cutting down portions. So it can have many implications. So I think it's going to be something to watch out for. And if you look at some of the factors playing out, you've got the Ukraine war. Of course, um, that's been a huge contributing factor. And right now, the European Commission is you know, complaining that Russia is hoarding its own food exports as what they call a form of blackmail. So they have called out Russia for bombing grain warehouses in Ukraine and also blockading Ukrainian ships in the Black Sea. Those ships fill with wheat so they can't go anywhere because of the blockades. So the EU is now working 
to get military carriers or even warships to escort these uh, ships to European ports just to make sure these transportation of supplies can be done and reach their destination safely. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.